0: 2nd Timothy chapter 3, 2nd Timothy chapter 3. Um, I, I believe that we are living in the last days, uh, but I, I will say this, I don't, I'm not saying that because of any political party or current events that are taking place. Uh, I am saying that because of this one thing. Matthew twenty eight, Jesus ascends into heaven. Remember, he said, "I give, all, I have all authority in heaven and earth, and I now command you to go." When he left, he said, "Listen, you are going to see me come back the way you see me leaving." The moment he left the planet in Matthew twenty eight was the moment that la- the last days began. That's right. And so, I, I am, I, I do believe Jesus is coming back. I do believe we are living in the last days. But not because of anything weird that's happening in the political sphere of or current events. I believe it because God said we live in the last days. So um, as, as we move forward in our world, it's, it's not that mankind is any more sinful today than they were 2,000 years ago. They just, today in, in the world today, we just have more to be sinful with. Amen. Amen. Um, we have we have access we have instant access to everything wicked vile and evil in the palm of our hands Uh, we can get access to whatever we want the 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 thoughts the lusts of our flesh can be played out in front of us on our phones it's not and here's it's like I said it's not that we're any more wicked today than they were 2,000 years ago we just have more to be sinful with but Here's the long and the short of it. Everything is going to be exposed. Everything is going to be brought to light, period. If if you're fake, if I'm fake, it's going to be exposed by the might and the power of the sovereign king known as the Lord Jesus Christ. So now would be the time for us to make really sure that that, that we're genuine that we are real, that we're not faking it, that we are not um, half-hearted. So I'll, I'll start this sermon by saying, you and I need to repent and believe the gospel. That's how I'll start. We need to repent of our sins and we need to believe the gospel. But I want, you to, I want you all to hear me here this morning. I'm not going to jump into a doom and gloom message because we're in a political year, an election year. I'm not going to jump in and say, oh, it's the Democrats. Oh, what if the Republicans? I'm not going to be that guy. Because, so I'm not going to be a doom and gloom political sermon this morning. I, we're, for those of who are guests... I'm an expository preacher. That means I take a book of the Bible and we go verse by verse, word by word, and we just run through books. So we've been in 1 Timothy. We are now in 2 Timothy. We were in chapter 2 for a hot minute. Okay, thank you. Now we're in chapter 3 and that is called expository preaching. We're going verse by verse. And so... um, This is not a doom and gloom. When I started this saying that I believe we're living in the last days, it is not immediately going, Oh, here we go. Caleb's going doom and gloom. That is not the case because King Jesus is on his throne. Amen. Like that we got one amen out of that? That whole room should have exploded. (laughs) Like we should have got excited. The the Lord Jesus Christ is on His throne and He is not going over and worrying about what's happening in the Congress or in the Senate or in the White House. He's not concerned about what's going on in Europe. He's not concerned about these things because God is sovereign and He is the King. Not a King, but the King of the universe. So, I'll read what the text says. I'm going to explain it. But understand that Christ is Lord, and we as his children have nothing to fear. Period. Okay? So let's dive in Second Timothy chapter 3. <clears throat> but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving, good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having an appearance of godliness but denying the power. Avoid such people, for among them are those who creep into houses and capture weak women, burdened with sin, And led astray by various passions. Always learning but never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth. Men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was those two men. This is the word of the Lord this morning. Let's pray. Father, help us in this text. Help us to see it for what it is. Help us to understand that you're in control. And Lord, we know that you're going to return. Help us to live our lives as if you're going to return this afternoon. And and help us to advance the gospel, advance the cause of the kingdom in this place. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So verse 3 or, I'm sorry, chapter three, we see this, this, under, this, this unpacking. The first thing he says is that understand this in the last days. Times of difficulty, your translation might say, perilous times or difficult times or trialsome times are coming. Now, like I said, I do believe that we are in the last days and we're seeing this kind of stuff unfold in front of our eyes in real time. But like I said, the reason I believe that we're in the last days is not because of current events, but because God's word says so. That's that's it. I believe we're in the last days because God's word says we are. That's that's it. The word... Uh, times the word the word times of difficulty means in terms of frequency and tenacity. the idea in the text is that there will be an increase of frequency of savage dangerous and wicked days and man we, we live we're living in them we're living in them every year I say it you can't get any weirder right And then it gets weirder and it, gets weirder. It, it just it just gets str- stranger and stranger. We live in wicked, difficult days. Paul then goes on and explains what these times are going to look like. He, he gives a sort of kind of an unpacking of the text. He says, for people will be lovers of self. Holy moly. I, I mentioned last week, but it bears repeating, pride is the love of self. If you look at any wickedness, any sin, any depravity, it starts with the sin of pride. It starts with the love of self. We want what we want, and we want it right now. Right? And if I can't get it right now, Somebody is causing me to have a problem. So ergo, you are the problem, not me. But those that are causing me not to get what I want. I want what I want and I want it right now. We we see this in our children, amen? Mm -hmm. We see it in our small children. You, You go to Walmart and you see that kid in the aisle Laying on the floor kicking and screaming saying, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. (laughs) You just and you and you think to yourself, what is happening? And then you grow up and what? They didn't change. They're now twenty and thirty-year-olds doing the same thing, but now they're just grown-ups. they're they're the kids that were throwing the fit in the Walmart when they were babies and the parent didn't lovingly discipline them and say we're not going to act that way we're not going to talk that way we're not going to do these things this is the genesis of all other sin is the sin of pride the sin of loving myself and wanting what I want above everything else Isaiah chapter 14 um, verses 12 through 15 this is is the genesis of Satan's downfall. Isaiah writes in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 15, How you are fallen from heaven, O day star, son of dawn. How you, cut, how you are cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I will make myself like the most high. So we see here five separate times Satan, the devil, Makes the statement, I will. He has the desire to be God. That's the reason he hates you. You're made in the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're an image bearer of the Lord Jesus. He does not like that because he wants what you have. That's the reason he came into the garden and stole from Eve and Adam and Jesus had to come back and buy it back. If the forces of evil knew what Jesus was doing when he came the first time, they would not have done what they did. <laughs> they would not. They would have been like, whoa, keep him alive, whatever it takes. But they didn't know. And Jesus ransacks hell, takes the keys to, the de- to death, and buys back our eternity. Buys it back with his precious blood. Verse 15 of, of Isaiah 14 says, um, shows what, what's going to happen to Satan. Satan has a desire to ascend and to be worshiped, and he wants to be God. But you are brought down to Sheol to the far reaches of the pit. I want you all to hear me on this. When you and I are filled with pride, we are just like the father of pride, who is the devil himself. All other sins find their genesis in the sin of pride. You know what's wild? This is off my notes. This week I saw something just horrendous. I shared it on our church's social media page. I shared it on several different pages. Because I think parents need to be aware of what's happening. Satan is actively showing himself. There's a new kids cartoon program on Amazon Prime. It is called Hotel Re- Rejects. It is the daughter of Satan and his lover. Who is trying to get the demons and those that are in hell to go and prove that they're good enough to have a second chance and go to heaven. And it is a... the. The the beginning of this said that Satan is just a misunderstood or misunderstood dreamer. If there, if there was something that was written by the devil himself, this show is. Parents, be careful. Satan is the master of light. He he comes in looking like a he looks like a like an angel of light, but he's deceptive. He is the father of pride and lies. So be careful. Let's go back to 2 Timothy 3. So we saw lovers of self. We'll continue. It says lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy. Keep going in verse 4. Treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. So after reading those things, I want you to go back up into chapter 2. Remember we were in chapter 2 last week? I want you to see this because here's what happens. In verse 26 of chapter two, Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 26. And they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Those who are doing these things in chapter 3, those that are engaged in these things, have been captured or trapped by Satan himself. And the goal of the word here is to have you come to your senses to escape those things. Chapter 2 and chapter 3 coincide. They go along with each other. So you see this thing here in verse 26. It says that they may come to their senses... That they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Those that are engaged in um, being arrogant, prideful, lovers of self, lovers of money, all these different things in chapter 3, they've been, they've been trapped. They've been pulled into this trap. In the last days, men and women are going to be enslaved by the wickedness of our day and therefore are doing the bidding of the devil himself. And what's sick is that they think that they are doing good. Good. If you look at these things that are happening, if you talk to somebody that's in the midst of all these things, they believe that they're doing things that are good, right, and wholesome. Have a conversation with anyone who's enslaved in these sins, and they will tell you that they are doing good things. I'm a good person. Phrases such as, because when you begin to talk to people and they start saying things, well, oh, Caleb, I was just born this way. I, I'm following my heart. I'm being true to myself. Those are all lies that will eventually kill you and send you straight to hell. Period. In, in our world today, there is no concern for holiness or righteousness. Most people are just living their lives, lives as they see fit. And if anyone brings it up to them that they are doing something that's wrong or wicked, those who are trying to expose that and say, listen, I think what you're doing is wrong. I think this is, there's a better path. I think you should change directions those that are engaged in these sins lambast or lose their minds on those who are trying to warn them of the judgment to come. Oh, dear brothers and sisters, judgment is coming for those who have refused to repent and believe the gospel. Period. Those who have refused to submit their lives to Christ, that judgment is coming. And I'm telling you, this morning, that it all can be avoided. Every last ounce of judgment can be avoided if you just simply lay your pride down for just a few moments and repent of your sins and trust the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust the gospel. You can be saved today. Today could be the start of the revival in this town. But revival starts in the mirror before it starts in the streets. It has to be done in the mirror. There has to be a revival in your heart that I want to follow. I want to submit my life to Christ. I want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ with every ounce of vigor I have. I want to love the Lord my God with everything, my heart, my mind, my soul, my strength. And before it can happen, in the city streets, it has to happen in your house. You say, "Well, Caleb, I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm religious to some degree. I, I go to I go to church occasionally. I, I went to Sunday school as a kid. I went to camp as a as a young person. My mom and dad were members of that old church down there. Isn't that isn't that good enough, Pastor?" Oh, dear friends, you're not saved if that's what you're if you're clinging to that. If you're clinging to, my mom and dad were religious, my mom and dad were members of that church, I went to a Sunday school once, you, my friend, are not saved, and you need to be saved. You need to repent of your sins, and you need to trust the gospel. You say, Caleb, how can you say that? Because verse 5 of Second Timothy chapter 3. All these people that are engaged in these things, they're not the bum at the bar. Verse 5 says they have an appearance of godliness. They might post a Bible verse on social media every once in a while. But denying its power. Having the appearance of godliness, but they deny the power. This means they look good. They look good in in social circles. Like I said, they might post occasionally on social media some sort of a Christian-esque meme or Bible verse. But inwardly, they are dead, 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 dead. Oh, brother. And if that is you, and you have no love or affection for the things of the Lord Jesus Christ, you have no longing for His Word, you have no longing for righteousness, you don't hate your sin, I'm going to lovingly tell you, you probably need to be saved. This is is the idea of the text. This is what happens. The frequency of this is going to come at a steamrolling, just insane amount. Understand this in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. What are those times? People are going to be enslaved to sin, and they're not even going to be even able to realize it. They're going to be lovers of themselves, lovers of money proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous. They have no self-control. They're brutal. They don't love good. They're treacherous. They're reckless, swollen with conceit. They love pleasure more than they love God. That means that they love their sin more than they love the God of the Scriptures. And they look at the Scriptures as, ah, it's just a dusty old book of rules and regulations. No, this is a book that sets us free to live how we ought to live, not how we want to live. Yes. Because how you want to live, your sin nature, your flesh, how you want to live is eventually going to kill you. Mm-hmm. How do I know? Because not only have I gone that route, but I've, got, I've seen it happen in real time. I've seen people go down these roads. Let's keep going. Verse 6 through 9. Paul talks more about false teachers, false gospels, false... This is, he's connecting this with these people. There are all these things. Verse 6 through 9. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women burdened with sins and led astray by various passions. Always learning, never arriving at the knowledge of the truth, just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, those men also oppose the truth. Men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. But they will not go very far for their foolishness or their folly will be plain to all as was those two men. So this is them. They're, they're, they come into house. I think of. I just irritates me to know him. When I see these charlatans on a television screen and it's, I don't know what it is, but they guys like Robert Tilton and Joel Osteen and Joyce Myers and all these people that use Paula White, who just this last week said you need to sow your entire seed. You need to sow a seed. and That seed that you need to sow is your entire January salary or God's not going to take care of you. And there are, there are people, and it's statistically proven that it's women who do it. They'll see that on TV and go, oh my gosh, I need God to take care of me. Let me get my checkbook out. And they'll write a check. Because they're overcome with their their the the thought processes of their sin and their past, and they're they're pulled down by their life, and they're like, Okay, what can I do to make God pleased with me? Okay, I need to give money to this TV preacher. That's the reason. If you go back up in the verse earlier, it says, Avoid these people. They have an appearance of godliness. They might use the word Jesus. They might use the word God, but you should avoid them at all costs. They creep into households and capture weak women burdened with sins. These guys that say, oh, you need to send, send me that. If you're a widow, you need to send me your, your, your social security check. Oh. Wanna crawl through that TV and talk to those men. Amen. Amen. Right to Lord, did you, give me the, did you just give me the ministry of laying on of hands? <laughs> <laughs> i just going to grab a hold of somebody, right? I'm just like, this is, the, this is it. We're living the last days. We've got these guys that now have technology in front of them and they're, they're, they're pushing out this false gospel That preys upon our fleshly desires to want more for this life. Wealth, health, prosperity, favor. These are primary teachings of the charismatic movement. It is a narcissistic, me focused gospel. And what is the goal in so many of these churches or movements? That you would be a better version of you. It is a glorified self-help. Listen to me. Hear me, ladies and gentlemen. You do not need to be a better you. You being a better you? That is not the answer. Even though I know it sounds good. I need to be a better version of myself. No, you don't! You need to be... You need to die to your old self. And you need to come alive to Christ. You don't need to be a better version of you. You need to die to yourself and Christ needs to be the one that comes alive in your life and bring you from death to life. Jesus is not a do-better pill to make you a better person. He brings dead people from the dead back to life. You need to be transformed by the power of the gospel. Period. Period, period. You need to be set free from your sin. So what's the last, what's the answer in these last days? Christ is the answer. Well, well, Caleb, you don't know all the struggles and the trials and the temptations and the the things that are happening in my life. What do I do? Surrender your life to Christ. Well, you mean if I surrender my life to Christ, everything's going to go better? Probably not. In fact, it might get worse. Come on. We wait a minute, Caleb. I, I heard Joel Osteen say that if I if I just smile and if I just just live my best life now, that everything's going to be better for me. No. If this is your best life now, you're in trouble in eternity. That's right. My best life is yet to come. It's yet to come. That doesn't mean that I don't try to advance the kingdom here. Come on. Because here's the deal. If Christians would just get off their blessed assurance and start making inroads in the in the insanity of our world. We have more Christian business leaders, more Christian teachers, more Christian um, leaders, period, city council. I don't care what it is. If we've got more men and women who are saying, I'm going to make the, the my mission is going to advance the gospel. I'm going to advance the kingdom. Guess what? We gr- it grows and we get, it, it happens, right? We, we dissect and destroy the things of the enemy. And we advance the gospel. And who do we put up on the pedestal? Not TV preachers. Not some specific church. We put Jesus Christ on the pedestal. And we, when he's lifted up, I will what? Draw all men unto myself. We put Christ at the focal point. Put the gospel at the focal point and call men and women to leave the snares and the entrapments of the devil and be set free by the power of the gospel. (laughs) Saying that God may grant them, verse 25, contending or correcting his opponents with all gentleness that God may perhaps grant them repentance and lead them to the knowledge of the truth, that they may come to their senses. Oh, that you come to your senses and realize that you're being played. You're a dirty play toy of an even dirtier devil if you believe these things. If you believe that, oh, Caleb, it's not that. I, just need, I need to have self-care and self-love. No, you don't. You love yourself already too much. We love ourselves way too much. We, we are doing everything in our power to appease and, a, and self-care ourselves into the pits of hell. And we have got to stop. We have got to stop and we have got to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. This isn't in the notes, but I just I look at verse 10 of chapter 3. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness. That, that's what we're... We're following the scriptures. We're following God's laid out purposes for us. What are we supposed to do? Avoid the things of this world avoid the unrighteousness of the world, and we lift up and we pursue godliness, we pursue biblically focused righteousness that Christ would be made much of and that we would preach and teach the gospel to see men and women set free from the power of sin, self, and Satan. You talk about, man, that would change an entire culture. That would change an entire city. If the men and women of God would say, okay, my driving force, my driving focus is that I'm going to run my business different. I'm going to run my teaching different. I am going to stand on the word of God and I am going to build. I'm going to conquer. I am going to be the one that God has called me to be for such a time as this. That's why you're here. Okay, Caleb, I wish I had a purpose. I wish I had a point of being what's my point? To bring glory to the Lord. You you have purpose. God's put purpose in you. Like we were talking about that in Sunday school in in Psalms 138. That you have had purpose laid out. God has laid purpose before you. Psalms 138 tells us this. This last this last idea in life. I I say the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. So the idea of God's purpose in David's life, there's an application here for you as well. That God will fulfill his purpose in your life. Why? Because he's the king and he gets what he wants. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O oh Lord, endures forever. Listen to me. The Lord Jesus Christ loves you. That should get you excited. That should get us to a position where we're thinking to ourselves, God, that you love a wretch like me. That you love someone that is as messy as me. That you have decided to change me from the inside out and take me from a mess and turn me into a miracle. Don't forsake the work you have of your hands. Search me and know me, oh God. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. This is the answer. The answer is Christ. In the last days when times are difficult, we as Christians need to shine brighter. I think of that illustration as a great illustration. We need to be like diamonds on the back of a black felt Felt the, remember the, the velvet felt backdrop when they put you know what diamond dealers do when they put that out there and then they shine that light mm. on that diamond against that black black backdrop that diamond just uh, girls everywhere look, oh right can I get an amen ladies get a couple of you okay diamond pops up on that black da- backdrop and you're like wow look at that thing it's radiant that's the idea of what Christians should look like in a dark world people should see you and I in a dark world and go, wow, look at that thing. Woo! How amazing, how glorious, how great is that? You talk about, you talk about exciting. That's, that's what we should, that's what our calling is to advance the kingdom. We are to be light in dark spaces. Matthew chapter five. We're to be a, we're to be a, a city on a hill. We sing with our kids all the time. This Go ahead. You, you started it. This little light of mine, right? Hide it under a bush. Oh, no. I'm going to let it shine. Let Satan it out. Nope. I'm going to let it shine. But how many of us are letting Satan it out? We're called in the text, don't be captured by the silliness. Come to your senses. Don't let the enemy destroy you. Don't let the enemy blow you out. Stand firm on the gospel and say, Jesus, it's your way. You're the way. You're the truth. You're the light. Woo! Then let's, let's, we got our, Caleb, what's, what do we do? We got our marching orders. You got your papers. What's the order? Advance the gospel. Avoid false teachers and advance the biblical gospel. And that's going to change the world. One person at a time. Like I said last week, what if every one of us in the room said, okay, 2024 is the year I'm discipling just one. Who's your one? Who's your one? And then January, end of January 2025, guess what? This room is... We actually have people sitting over here now. <laughs> right? If every one of us in this room brought one, this section right here would be full. Amen? Yeah. Caleb, I don't know about that. One is not, now if, you, if I said the entire city of Cedarville, I'd have been like, oh gosh, yeah, I'm, I'm out on that. Find one. One person to disciple. One person to open the Bible with and say, Thus saith the Lord. Let me tell you. And give them your testimony. Start with your testimony. Listen, I was a mess. But here's what Jesus did. I know you're probably a mess too, right? Oh, yeah, I am. Cool. Jesus could change you too. If Jesus could save somebody like me, he can sure save anybody else. If Jesus could save somebody like Paul, the Christian killer... He can save anybody else. Don't be that person. Well, I don't know if God can save that person. Who are you? Who are you to say that? God can save whoever He wants. God can do whatever He wants. Remember, He's the King. He doesn't have to. He doesn't. And here is the Lord doesn't come to Caleb and go, "Hey, Caleb, I got a question. Can you give me permission to do something?" Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus does what He wants. Amen. (coughs) And he can do what he wants. And guess what? He's made the decision to work through people just like you and me. He's given you a part to play. Now, make your, play your part faithfully. Play your part well where you are. For the glory of God and the betterment of mankind. Amen?